Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. We're back. Um, excited to welcome our next guest, Alex Linkser and Melanie Marconi. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. So you reached out at an appropriate time because I am a coworker myself and there's a lot of things in the light of what's going on, you know, up in the air. But I think your approach to what you're doing for on both your space is really interesting. So uh, we'll just start. I would love for both of you to give a little overview of yourselves and we'll, we'll start with you, Melanie. Okay, great. Well, thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Melanie Marconi and I am the founder and CEO of Vita which is a co-working community in Northeast Portland on Sandy and Northeast 19th. And we really cater to uh, professionals whose lives are very full. And we offer, offer amenities that are really curated to help make life work. So we have on-site childcare, we have fitness classes, we have a community concierge in addition to the co-working space. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I, some of those things you mentioned, uh, the, especially the childcare, I have two little ones. <laughs> like, that sounds pretty valuable. So, right. Uh, yeah. Come yeah. with your kids, drop them off at Vita Play, and then get on with your day. Awesome. Well, thanks, Melanie. Uh, Alex, uh, love to hear about you know, your story and your, your company as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Collective Agency, we opened in 2011. And my background's originally in theater and marketing. And I wanted in theater the audience to own the experience in some way, and I didn't know what that meant. And it ended up becoming collective agency in college. I got into co-working before there was a word for it. I um, was working in a very small office on theater producing. Other people were doing film producing. And I'd overhear someone say something, and I'd be like, wait, what? You can do that? Because we weren't taught the same things in the different programs. So I love the learning a variety of things from people and becoming friends over time. And yeah, um, collective agency, I was working at another co-working space in Portland and the owner decided to close, gave us notice. And I said, what if some of us want to stay? And so organized a bunch of members. We raised enough money from just people prepaying for membership. I put in $35 of my own money. I risked getting paid for a month (laughs) and we recouped all the expenses in five weeks and it worked out. So you're an OG of the co-working world. Yeah, yeah. I also helped start something called New York City in, or in, uh, in New York City, which hmm. is called the granddaddy of New York City co-working by some people. So Interesting. Yeah, okay. I love it. So both of you teamed up, kind of you shut down your, your physical space, you know, at the same time based on, you know, the, the stay-at-home orders and all that. And you kind of teamed up to do 
move your community online and offer, you know, some of these different things. So I'd love to hear about that. I don't even know where to start. I mean, since, since you did that, how have your members responded? Like what, you know, what's, what's kind of going on with it? Yeah, so our our members, I think, were pretty sad that we were closing the physical space because it really is a place to, you know, as you know, with kids sometimes or a spouse or a partner just to get away and get your own stuff done. So I think everyone had a sense that it was going to be a little bit hard to give that up. Um, but everybody was super supportive. Everybody was really, you know, understood why we were making that decision and that it was the right thing to do. We felt very strongly that we had a role to play in flattening the curve. And if we could, you know, get ahead of it and everybody do their part, that we could eventually, you know, open up again. So um, I think Alex and I were, you know, even in the same week, decided to make the same decision. And we closed our space on uh, March 17th. And took that whole week, moved everything over online. Uh, we already had a Zoom account and we took what we could uh, that was easy to move over. And so we, the next week, offered our yoga class online. We offered meditation online. We had a podcasting 101 series happening. We moved that online. And then a couple of our masterminds groups as well. And I think for the first couple of weeks, it was really great for people to have that virtual space just to, you know, ease the transition of this huge life shift that we're all going through. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a huge shift and, you know, I do, I have a co-working space. Uh, I'm out in Tigard, but you know, missing that interaction, but I love what you're, you're doing. And do you, have you seen like people just hungry for that, even if it's virtual, like connection still and all the things you're offering, like people really flocking to it? Yeah, so for us, and I think Alex, like our communities do it kind of flip-flop, we had a really big showing at the beginning as we were transitioning into this new way. And then as a lot of our members have kids, and especially uh, school-age kids, and so as some of the more online learning programs started picking up speed, I think that um, it became a lot of Zoom meetings and things. And so we've seen a little bit of retraction in our um, virtual classes, but then we've seen that kind of pick up on more of our Slack and uh, email, like these other kind of channels that we have for communication pick up. And, and Alex, I know that you guys have had a really strong showing pretty much throughout. We have, yeah. I've viewed, so Collective Agency, we're co-working spaces with Cozy Community. And we're set up as a workplace democracy, which is like a co-op. So members have a lot of decision-making. Uh, we started doing surveys right when all this happened. Members asked for a survey and wrote it together. And yeah, so I'm just viewing the online space as our fourth space. We have three physical spaces in Portland. Uh, for weeks, almost no one was coming in. And we started doing online events way before we closed. And even when we reopen, I'm thinking... It'll be mostly online for years. Well, let's talk about that because I think now we're getting to the point where like, we see some reopening will happen maybe in a month, month and a half. And that whole psychological shift of this effect has had on us, what, what's that going to look like? So yeah, if you can talk about what, what, what you think, you even said like, hey, this fourth space, most people are going to be utilizing that for the time being maybe. Yeah, um, I mean, it sounds like for 25 to 75% of the time after the first stay-at-home ends, until there's a vaccine, office spaces will be opening and closing. 
Um, we have a member, Lindsay, and she says the reason she joined in the first place is the same now to be more productive working from home. And so she's coming to some online events. She's organizing, she's asking for some events. She started a Pomodoro co-working the other day, cool. which is a way of working on your own thing while other people are working on their own thing okay. with some social, social breaks. And, and then Zoom is active for us as well. Uh, sorry, uh, Slack is active for us as well. We, some members started a baking channel, so I've been posting photos of beautiful baking. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, so I just think the online focus is going to continue even after all this ends. I think in the summer and around Christmas yeah. and New Year's, I think we'll do online for sure forever. And, and what do you think, Valley? How do you think when things kind of start to reopen, obviously in stages, what's that going to look like for your, your, your members in the physical space too? So we're definitely going to keep some of the virtual elements. There's no reason why we wouldn't still be able to live stream our meditation and our yoga and some of our online offerings. So we're definitely going to keep that. But what we're hearing from our members is they're definitely ready to come back in. They definitely want the physical space open and available to them. And so what we've started working on just last week is rearranging our co-working space so that we have social distancing in place and then looking at what the uh, cleanliness factors looks like. Um, I'm taking a course uh, called Clean Practices, I think it's mm. called, uh, based on the lean manufacturing practices so that we can, you know, be sure that we're taking care of that. We're really lucky because we have a lot of space. Vita is about 15,000 square feet. Oh, wow. Okay. So creating the six feet kind of distancing is going to work out for us. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think we'll keep it. There's definitely some fun things we've learned from moving the community online, but I, I think one of the things that is very much valued by our members is being able to see each other in person and have somewhere to go that is actually separate from their home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, I'm experiencing that myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it is, I, I, I think I was telling Alex before we started recording, my co-working space decided to stay open, but it's so small. Like I go in there maybe once a week, I'm literally the only person there. <laughs> so, but um, I could see people kind of rushing back to want that, but I, it, it's still up in the air how people are going to work, right? Totally. So this is what you do every day. So I love this kind of insights you're getting. What are some other things you might see maybe not co-working, but just offices implement? Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to fundamentally shift the way that people work in the long term. I think that, you know, this has been taking place for, you know, a long time now since Alex, you know, you've been in New York and, and this whole co-working wave started a decade ago. But now that employers and even individual workers can see how things can work from home or how they can work just differently in ways that maybe they've never been able to imagine before, it's going to create a shift in the way that workplaces are offered. I think a lot of employers are going to reduce their footprint on commercial leases. I think that uh, some of that will shift to co-working spaces. I think some of that's just going to be more flexible schedules. And I think that all these things are really important actually just to our communities and our society so that we can actually make life work in ways that support our families and our communities and ourselves in, in healthier ways. Yeah, I definitely think that meetings, people will travel less far for meetings. Um, yeah, and I am definitely viewing the online as the main focus moving forward. We 
are definitely keeping the six plus feet at all times, including hallways. Mm -hmm. So if someone's walking to their chair, you have to have at least six feet at all times between everyone. Um, But yeah, we have three smaller spaces, which I guess is safer than having some enormous, enormous space, but I think everyone could be safe enough. Um, Yeah, we got a call from a member, a former member who's in Corvallis for years. He's 90 years old, he pauses membership every bunch of years and then he rejoins and he he says the commute's a lot shorter now so <laughs> he met up to him recently so yeah. he might rejoin i hope so yeah yeah did you say he's 90 he's 90 yeah that's amazing that's i am so bullish on co-working after this maybe it's co-working 3.0 or maybe 4.0 right it's i think you're right and you know, melanie about companies reducing their footprint and doing this hybrid model with co-working spaces for some of their employees or on a one-off basis. And it, I have to say it is, I used to, you know, go downtown quite a bit for all the different meetings and it is really nice doing these and, but it's hard to replace the, the in-person. I we're just wired that way. Right. Yeah. I think we, we crave it like, and we need it, but I think they're, like you said, like this hybrid way, like even my daughter, she's taking piano lessons virtually and it's been great. Like you don't have to drive. It's a 30 minute lesson. You don't have to drive there, park, do the lesson, get back in the car, drive home after school. And, and while I won't, I don't think I'd want to have it a hundred percent of the time virtual, even every other week would be a huge benefit to our family and being able to, you know, take the lessons and not have it be too, you know, impeding on our lives. And I feel like that's how work meetings are going to be as well. Like we know how to do this now. It's kind of irritating at this point for every single thing to be online. Well, let's talk. Yeah. It'll come back around. Yeah. And sorry to interrupt, but I do want to talk about the flip side of this because now that we get into this point, it hasn't been that long. It feels like it's been 20 years. We've been locked in our house. It's been like a month (laughs) or whatever. But the flip side is I almost feel, and I'm sure you're feeling the same way, almost busier right? There's so much back-to-back online things and almost no space, even though we're not physically driving and, or taking transportation to get places. So there, there might be like a burnout factor based on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're, if that, if that ex- you're experiencing that or, or the, so we're learning how to navigate this with more, with more buffers and even though it might be more efficient in some way. Yeah, it's really important. I'm, I'm very extroverted. I love being around people. Before co-working, I used to sit in cafes for hours just to be around people. So uh, yeah, for, for working at home, I have, I brought a desk over, I set up a monitor, but try to have some difference of space. It is a challenge that people were kind of learning to, to kind of go through as far as the back to back of all the virtual stuff. And it, uh, so yeah, and I think yeah. you know, the the reason I started Vita in the first place was that I was working from home. I owned an, a company prior to this, but it was based in LA, and I was working from my living room in Portland. I was one of the partners, and it was the sense that I was super efficient, probably more efficient with my time than anybody else on my team, because I was scheduling these meetings back to back and just sitting in my living room at my home office, and after a while, it just wasn't sustainable anymore. I was getting way more burnt out than I had in years past. You know, there was no differentiating factor between work life and home life. I was in the middle of my living room and which is why I wanted to go to a co-working space. And I think that that, you know, that was over the course of a couple of years, but I think that we're seeing that whole 
process sped up in these, what, what are we like week six or wherever mm-hmm. we're at right now. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be hard to sustain that. And so I think being able to take what works from that for ourselves and our jobs and our families and keeping some of the bits, but also, you know, folding it back into this more, you know, focused and right. sustained way that we are used to going into an office or a co-working space. Yeah, I hope the conversation continues like that after we're back. You know, as as humans, I feel like I'm so guilty of this uh, tendency to just want to go back the way it was. And, uh, you know, I hope we can kind of take these this time to, to learn how people work and, you know, change that. But I don't know if we really will. I mean, Alex, what do you think? You've been doing this for a long time, the co-working thing. So, and it's, it's, it's evolved, right? It has evolved a bunch. Um, yeah, years ago, I didn't see why people would want to pay for an office. Uh, we did co-working in, tea, in a tea lounge for a while. Um, but then I totally get it now. I like having one place to go to or, or three different places for a collective to do different work in different places. Um, yeah, I do think, um, I was saying earlier when we have events uh, at nighttime, like something called Story Share. I'll go out for a walk for two hours before so I could be present when I get back for the event. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's going to be a shift where some people are going to be going into physical offices a lot more and some people are going to be doing online a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, there can be different targeting and different benefits for each group of people. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, I always kind of like to, as we kind of get to the end of the conversation, maybe talk about Portland mm-hmm. and you know, we're, I always say we're pretty unique in the business community here because everybody's so open and some, sometimes to our detriment. But, you know, each of you running a business here, working here, living here, what are some pros, you know, and I love some of the challenges you've you faced doing this uh, here, in, you know, just specifically in Portland. Yeah, when Collective Agency got started, um, the mayor's office had started reaching out to different tech groups and was asking who wants, what, what do you need? Um, Skip Newberry, who now leads Tech Association of Oregon, he was leading that and was great at that. And so there was mentorship, there was space, and there was finance. And so that was really what Collective Agency emerged out of those conversations of 30, 40 people in a room and enough people in open source tech and writers wanted something. So we, mm-hmm. I love bringing people together to make what they really want to happen. So that, that was super great that Skip was doing that. Yeah. Yeah, no, Skip's great. I've had a chance to ha- have him on the podcast, actually. So, yeah, Melly, what are you, what are your thoughts on just doing the business here, and maybe some you know challenges too? I'd love to. Yeah, but you know, Portland, I think is great. I'm a bit of a transplant. I've been here seven years now, but came from LA, mm-hmm. and Portland really is community centric, which I really love, and I think really works for my business and Alex's business and many businesses throughout. Um, the community, but we also don't have maybe as many resources as bigger cities do, um, you know, on maybe the invest investment side or just access side. And so that was one of the challenges I had when I opened Vita. We, um, and Alex, did you say earlier that you opened with $35? I put in $35 of my own money and rescanked <laughs> for a month and it, it worked out. Yeah. Amazing. I just had to like double check that. Because, uh, we, we, it took us a little bit more than $35 to get going. And it took a, a little bit of time to get all of those pieces in place, I think, because of the uniqueness of Portland. But it's really nourished and allowed us to grow and be sustainable. And 
Um, I do think because of the openness and that people are willing to take meetings and connect and talk and share and promote, it, it's really, really a supportive place for co-working spaces. And we have a lot of co-working spaces. Here. Yeah. We, so really we find do. the one that works for you. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's the thing too. There is a, a plethora of um, co-working spaces, which... I think is good because it gives everybody their own like sense of what the community they're looking for as far as the physical space of where they are in the part of the metro area. And it's a te- uh, testament to like you two who are partnering up on some of these things. So that community aspect transcends just your own business. So, I mean, that's so encouraging to see, especially, you know, during this time, it could go the other way. You could retract and be like, you know, uh, just go inward. So that's, that's really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been great. And it's been great for me too. And I think you as well, Alex, just to see what other spaces are doing, what their members are responding to, where everybody's at so that we can all, you know, get everything together so that when we are able to open again in whatever way that looks like, we're actually providing what our members and what the general community needs as we, you know, do this co-working 3.0 or workplace 2.0 or whatever it looks like coming, coming down the peg. Totally. Yeah. It's been really inspiring for me talking with, with Melanie, talking with people at doing global co-working, just learning from people and improvising. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, thanks so much for being on. It's uh, love for you to give a shout out to your, maybe your sites again and for people to check it out who don't know it's VitaCoworking.com, right? Yes. Collectiveagency.com. .co. Collectiveagency.co. I like yeah. the I like the CO. I'm also I'm liking that dot IOs too are coming you know in vogue. So, <laughs> uh, anyways, thanks so much. Uh, hope to uh, meet in person down the road too. Yeah, Thank thanks for having us on. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.